We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, hello. Welcome to Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you, as always, for locking in. Audio side, video side, does not matter. Today is part two of your biggest and boldest Buffalo Bills and NFL takes. We did part one last week. We're going to continue to party here, part two. Just like last week, I got my good buddy, Joe, at Buffalo Wins on Twitter with me. Lots of, uh, well, let's see, part one. And, and by the way, guys, if you have not listened or watched yet, make sure you go back. because <laughs> It was some pretty uh, outlandish, bold, whatever you want to call it, uh, takes out there. Hot lots takes. Of, lots of stuff. Like, according to last week, Josh Allen's going to throw for a million touchdowns. Uh, James Cook is going to be the best rookie running back in the history of the NFL, and uh, the Bengals are going to suck. And, and I said the stuff. Bills, and I said the Bills defense was going to finish in the bottom half of the league. Yeah, last so last week. Uh, and by the way, also we uh, had a little bit of diff- technical difficulties, a little bit, but we recovered. It's like, it's Pat's like fault. The, I'll just like blame the, it on him. It's Pat's fault. Like uh, like we recovered, like the pros we are. But anyway, yeah. So Joe ended last podcast with his own bold prediction for the bills and he's going to do the same today but to recap where we left off last week you said the bills were going to be in the bottom half of the nfl in the defense which is bold considering they were number one last year and added von miller one thing before i ask you before i follow up on that we are taping this the same night so this is airing a week from when we taped i just wanted to put that out there because in we're reading off other people's you know, big, bold takes right now. If something crazy happens involving the Buffalo Bills, a player or something like that, and we don't talk about it, over, you know, if it's something that happened in recent days, that's why, because we taped this uh, a full week ago. I bet you you will, you will drop this before next week. I'm going to bet that right now. You're going to sleep no on way. it, and you're going to go, nope. like, you know what? Bonus episode right now. The, the first part's already a bonus episode. This part is going to be so a bonus is just next a real week. episode. Okay. If you want to know, and by the way, if you want to know my dedication to this craft right now, I am missing as because we're taping this on a Tuesday night, uh, pretty late. This is us has become one of my favorite TV shows of all time, and I am missing the second to last episode. Them. It is an amazing show, and a lot of people. You want to talk about bold takes? We could probably do a whole podcast just on people's bold takes because either people think it's the greatest thing ever. Or they're bored and they absolutely hate it. We'll yeah, talk about wife, that another time. The wife loves the loves the show. I, well, I I, I'm with your it, wife. Like, I, I think it's it's one yeah. of my five favorite shows of all time, and we'll see how the last two episodes play out, and then it might even climb a little bit higher. But anyway, missing all that right. to take this back to you, the Bills, the number one defense last year. Why do you say that they're going to finish uh, in the bottom half? Which, by the way, could mean 15, 16, but that's still technically the bottom half. Schedule. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think it's a quarterback play they're playing this year. I think it's monster. It's much bigger than last year. Much bigger. The top three quarterbacks they played last year in the regular season were Mahomes, Brady, and Tannehill. Okay, like stop me if you think I'm wrong in that regards. Those are the three best quarterbacks they played. They played Cam Newton in garbage. Tyler Heineke, Tua. You know, Wilson, like they played Davis a Mills. lot of sure, a lot of Davis garbage. Mills, a lot of garbage quarterbacks this year. I'll just give you a prime example: Kirk Cousins, who was probably 
not even in the top five for quarterbacks they're playing this year, would easily be in the top three for the quarterbacks they played last year. Like him and Tannehill are kind of neck and neck as far as I'm concerned. They're kind of the same. And as far as I'm concerned, you it's, it's take your pick. But they got sure. they got Stafford, they got Lamar Jackson, they got Mahomes, they got Rodgers, they got possibly Deshaun Watson if he like doesn't get suspended. You know, they got Burrow. Like they got like a, it's a much stacked lineup of offenses this year than it was from last year. And I know they got Von Miller. God bless Von Miller. I think hopefully he'll be good. Like he's he's not gonna hit like he's not gonna hit a Mario Williams wall or anything like that, like, you know, at his age. Um but Trey Waits Trey Waits coming back from injury. Uh they're still a little bit thin at cornerback as far as I I know they got Elam, so maybe he'll be good. Maybe he'll be Trey White as a rookie, who the hell knows? But I think it's I don't think it's they're gonna keep up that top ten. I, really I agree. Don't. Oh, I don't I don't know about falling into the bottom half, but what I do agree with you with is that they're playing a definitely playing on paper anyway, as it seems right now, a tougher schedule, plus some younger quarterbacks in their own division, two one Zach Wilson, who might improve even Matt Jones. I mean yeah, the book's not written better. on those guys. So, yeah, I agree that the competition level is going to be better for sure. And also, and I don't want to stray away from what today's topic is, but I will add, because it's to your point, to your bold prediction, I also, I said last year, I don't think the Bills' defense was all that. Uh, they weren't quite as good. They're, they wow. weren't the best defense in the NFL last year. They were good, but they weren't. They, they got exposed too many times to be a truly great defense, including the playoffs when it mattered the most. I mean, we could go on and on about the 13 seconds forever. That defense played lousy pretty much that whole game. So, I you know, it, it's bold to say that, but not outland. I now, think it's bold. I, I think it's, yeah, like, uh, I sure. think so. I uh, As I said, I don't know how big of an impact Von Miller's going to have on the pass rush. I really... I, I think the front I think the, the defensive line's great. Well, let's I, also not, think I, I don't don't ahead. jump don't I was gonna say don't jump too far ahead because some fans are gonna have thoughts and I'm sure you'll have reactions okay. to sure. those. So to our point, we're gonna jump in back in and these are tweets. I put it out on Twitter last week. I asked fans to come at us with your biggest and boldest Buffalo Bills and or NFL predictions for the season. And uh we did about half of them last week. We're gonna do the other half this week, so let's just pick up. Kind of where we left off. Um, all right, so James Shannon at the James Shannon, he tweets the Bills finished the season 16 and one and redeemed that loss of the Rams in the Super Bowl. And then his NFL prediction, Jaguars make the playoffs. Both of these were touched on last week. Um, someone else said the Bills were going 16 and one. James is taking it a step further. He's pretty much saying the Bills are gonna lose their first game in the season, and then they're not gonna lose again for the rest of 2022. Um, and, and the Jaguars making the playoffs, I just, I know these are bold and that's what we asked for, Joe, but I just don't see, I, Jacksonville Jaguars making the playoffs, man. That's just, I don't know, man. It's almost too much for me to be able to to handle. This I is think bold. It, it, I think it's really dependent on how how much you view Trevor Lawrence and then Josh Allen, the defensive side of the ball. Like they have and like how really terrible good, you think Urban Meyer was his head coach like yeah year. exactly and that that could be part of it they are in kind of a, a not a great division by any stretch of, like the, that's the, big. like the, the Colts are in transition I mean who believes in Matt Ryan the, the Texans are going to be lousy uh, the Titans are kind of in transition too uh, I don't see yeah. them making the playoffs but I could see them winning like six games or something like that six or seven you know what I, I mean. There was one party that of, of your take I don't agree with, which we'll get to in, in another tweet. Um, yeah, and look, Joe and I both do not think the Bills are gonna go 16 and one and only lose the first week to the Rams. And then what would they run off? That 16 in a row during the season and three or four if you count the Super Bowl after. No, anyway. All right, let's continue here. KCB at KC underscore booze says with all the pressure, the Bills dropped the first two games of the season, then rattle off seven or eight games in a row losing one more and finishing 14 and three, 14 and three is bold. Any way you look at it, as good as this team is Vegas favorite or not. Um, I mean, yeah, not a lot to add to this tweet. It sounds feasible at least. Yeah. First two games. I don't know. That I don't, I don't, that's, that's kind of bold, but whatever. Well, it, it is, well, it is, but it, it is not in a way because look, man, Tennessee's, the Bills have not played well against Tennessee the last two years now. And Derrick That's Henry true. has gotten the better of Buffalo. And Tannehill has played much better against Buffalo than he has a lot of other teams. So 
it's not out of the realm of possibility for the Bills to, to lose their first two games. Rattle off seven sure. or eight in a row. Again, tough. 14 and three. I like it. That's what we asked for. A bold tweet. That's bold. Uh, moving on. John Oldenburg at John Oldenburg says the Bills beat the 49ers for the Super Bowl. Both Green Bay and Kansas City don't make the playoffs. We already talked about Kansas City last week. This guy's got Green Bay missing the playoffs, and he's got the 49ers. The Bills beating the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Is this Chris Berman like circa 20 (laughs) years ago or something, man? Look, I mean, San Francisco was good last year, but uh, Trey Lance is probably their quarterback this year. It's going to be his first year as a starter. The NFC, I will say this, unlike the AFC, which is just loaded, and if he's not, so I, I, I could definitely I could see Sam Fran maybe making. I mean, look, they were one. They made it to the the, the title game what two out of three three years or whatever, mm-hmm. like the AFC, the NFC Championship. I don't see Green Bay or Kansas City not making the playoffs. Like, come on, like stop with this nonsense. We had well, the we, Chiefs thing on the last. We've talked about thing. the Chiefs last week. We disagree. Yeah, well, Green Bay. Yeah, you think it's it's a possibility. I don't. I think I think that's bullshit. I'm, for both of these, Green Bay and Kansas City missing the playoffs. I don't. I, I'll be walking on. I'll be walking on water uh, if that happens. I think Green Bay's got a far better chance of winning the top seed again in the NFC before the playoffs, and then ultimately losing in the playoffs because that seems to be what they do. Aaron Rodgers is a regular season god. And then he's sure. pretty pedestrian in the playoffs. I mean, he does have a Super Bowl, and you can't take that away from him. But, you know, over the course of his career, it's kind of in the trend, at least uh, over the last handful of years, not playing as well in sure. the playoffs. Yeah, I don't see Green Bay uh, not making the playoffs. I don't see the Chiefs not making the playoffs either, but I, do, I don't think that's outlandish. 49ers in the Super Bowl, though. Hmm. All right. At, or David, at Super underscore Nerd zero zero. Bills break the 2007 Patriots point differential record of 315. For math purposes, Joe, that means the Bills would have to average over 17 games an average victory margin of 18.6 per game. And that's if they go undefeated. They lose a game, obviously, they would have to increase that. That is a... That's... I know people love the Bills, man. I get it, but man, that's a that's yeah, a that's tall task. That's their bold. schedule is that's their schedule is too tough. I mean, the Patriots of 07, like I, that was the year that the AFC East was horrible. Like the Bills finished in second place with a seven and nine record. I remember mm-hmm. this, and like the 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 Dolphins and Jets were like two wins each, maybe one win. So I mean, a lot of it is scheduling, and I, and I do think the Bills' schedule is a lot tougher than it's been. In a while, like you know, they play a lot, so I don't, I don't think the three fifteen. No, Unre- I mean, Unre- what was it? What, what was no. their point differential last year? Do you remember? I don't, I don't have, I don't have a. I think it was uh, really high, but like because they they blew out a lot of crappy teams and they yeah they, they won big. they barely lost they, yeah. they lost they were like they didn't win a game last year by one score every one score game the Bills lost last year which was a big problem. Um, yeah. Before I go to the next tweet, let me ask you this because and again, bold tweet we asked for it. We certainly got it. That is pretty damn bold. Not impossible because this team is loaded. But uh, do you worry a little bit before we get to more tweets here? The Bills being as favorite as they are. Like you find me a, a media outlet. I don't care if it's ESPN, Sporty News, Sports Illustrated, Fox Sports, whatever it may be. Find me a media outlet and I'm going to find you a power rank as it has the Bills number one. The Bills are literally number one everywhere. The Bills are favored to win the Super Bowl right now in Vegas, the betting favorites. Um, do you worry a little bit about this team being ranked that high and put on a pedestal right now when at the end of the day, this is a team that got beat convincingly two years ago in the AFC Championship. And then last year, of course, they should have won. And if they probably would have beat Cincinnati and went to the Super Bowl, but they didn't win. They lost in a divisional round. Seems to be a very lofty... Uh, a bar about the bar is like insanely high for this football team right now. Does that concern you a little bit about a team that for me, I've always enjoyed being the hunters more than the hunted. I would say there's maybe a concern about like, I don't think there is a concern that they're too cocky or anything like that. Like they, they're too overconfident because everyone's picking them to be great. Right. I mean, they, they, I think that's we last year heading into the season, they were, they were picked by, 
not as many as now, but they were picked to go pretty damn far, you know, because they were one game away from the Super Bowl in 2020. Um, I do worry about the pressure getting to them because now it's like, I don't even know what the realistic expectations are in terms of what, what makes a failure of a season. Like if you lose in the division around, that feels like a failure of a season. If you lose in the AFC championship game, that kind of feels like a failure. Of it a is. Season. It's not. Kind it, of. Is. it is. It is. It is. Yeah. If you exactly. don't go to the Super Bowl this year is a failure to me. No question about that, it. And that can maybe worry me a little bit that they'll put too much pressure on themselves. Maybe um, because look, I I, can't, I I said this in the last the last podcast we did that they still went eleven and six last year. They were seven and six at one point where they had like a lot of losses like against teams that were like when they got crushed by the Colts. They lost to Jacksonville like. The moment did seem at times to be a little bit too big for them, where like they were maybe they were just kind of going through the motions a little bit. Too uh, big for the coaches, for sure. I, there's no yeah, question about it. The coaches, me. but like there is a lot. There is definitely, man. This is the most pressure I think a team has had since probably '91. Like for the Bills, I'm just saying by the Bills standards, where like. After Norwood missed that kick, like everyone was like, they got to get back. They had, sure, yeah, yep, yep. And then once they started getting crushed, it was kind of, it kind of changed a little bit. Where you were kind of like, I don't know what the hell was going to happen. Like it was, it wasn't as much pressure because, like, I think people at that and when we were younger, it was not expected that we kept thinking that it was going to end sooner rather than later, and it didn't because they went back three and four. But like that ninety, I remember ninety one was like they need to go back because of how they lost, and I feel like that could be the, the case here. Whereas, like, you know, that 13 seconds is like, they got to go back and go further than that. They have but, to. Um, yeah, they have to. Failure. You're, you're, you're yeah. the favorites. You talk about a process, growing, developing. Josh Allen is what he is now. Many think he is the best quarterback in the NFL and outside of Buffalo. It used to be just Buffalo. Now there's a lot of people parried around the league who say that Josh Allen is as good as Mahomes or, or anybody or better. And there's nowhere to go right now. To, besides getting to the Super Bowl, where it's not a failure. You look at the, and, and again, the process, the years. You look at a team like the Bengals last year, 4-15 and won the year before, man. Joey Burrow's first full season in the league, and they very well, not only did they get to the Super Bowl, they probably should have won the Super Bowl they almost, yeah. last year. So, yeah, I do worry about pressure. The way I see things playing out is, to our point that we've been discussing, the schedule's really hard early on. I can see the Bills struggling a little bit early on. Like maybe they're only three and three after six games or four and two or whatever. Maybe even three and two and four or something like that or two and three. I could see the media shitting on them, calling them overrated, this and that. And then I think they get to that bye and I think they really step, you know, they start to put their foot on the gas. And the good news is I think they'll be playing their best football uh, when it matters most. But anyway, I just want to know your thoughts on that because there is a lot of pressure. Back to our tweets here because I said I thought you were wrong about one thing. Uh, Michael Rickmuth says the Colts get the one seed in the conference because of their division, and they also play the NFC East. I don't agree. I think the Colts are a good team. I think Matt Ryan is a big upgrade over Carson Wentz. I think the Colts got a great defensive ah. line. I think I think Jonathan Taylor is as good as any running back in the NFL, and they got enough good pieces, and they're playing in a weak division. To Michael's not, point, I'm and they're not. playing a soft schedule. Maybe. I okay, yeah. One more yeah, thing. Too. I don't think the Colts. One more thing too. Last last year, and it could be the same kind of situation because I think this is where you would go with it too. The Titans were the number one seed in the AFC, but ain't no one in the world thought the Titans were the best team in the AFC. You know how loaded the AFC West is. The Bills got a tough schedule. Colts don't. I could see the Colts. I could see this tweet having some merit. I could see them winning their division. Uh, Definitely not a number one seed. I am not. I don't think Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan's toast. I think he's been toast for the last couple of years. Yeah, he's going to a better team than he he was on with the Falcons. But I I think he's toast. Okay. I really do. All right. But let, let, but they could win because of their division. Yes, but not. I I think they're going to win because of their division. I think they'll be in. I I think they're one of those teams that'll have a better record than they are. That said. They put a beating on the Bills last year, and they're not a good. The Bills are not a good matchup for them because of the way they're physical at the line of scrimmage. And Jonathan Taylor is just a fucking beast, man. All right, David Joseph at Kenesha's eighty-five. 
He says Jets nine and eight in third place, Fish four and 13 in last. All right, man, this is where I get to the point. And we didn't really talk about it much last week. And I think a couple are going to come up about Miami right now. I, I feel like this is Bill's fandom hating on their enemy. I don't know where you come up with a team, Miami, that almost made the playoffs last year, a team that won, I think, seven of their last eight games last year, who added Tyreek Hill, who added a lot of talent to their team this year. Four and 13, is that bold or is that just, yo, I'm a Bills fan and I really fucking hate Miami right now? Because that's how I feel. I feel like it's the latter. How do you how do you have Miami going four and 13? You know, we're like, I think into this two-part series, we're like probably an hour and change into it. And I have not... I've not talked shit about anyone yet. I'm going to talk shit now. Nate Geary. This is all Nate Geary's fault. He has gone like <laughs> falls to the wall, yelling every day about the Dolphins, and his and his his followers have followed suit with just this disdain towards Miami. Like every day, like Miami's the worst team in the history of the world. Two was terrible. Fuck. Like every day, it's just like a ridiculous. I I can't. I can't go far on Bill's Twitter without seeing Nate Geary angry at Dolphins fans. And then everyone rolls into that. And there's a part of me that's kind of like, first of all, I don't think they're that terrible. Like, you know, and like, I sorry that I kind of remember when Josh Allen wasn't very good his first two years. And yes, maybe, and, that, and I bet you if you put his stats against Tua's stats, they're probably the same for those two years, like those, those first, like, whatever, 20 or so starts. But, and then, like, everyone's like, ah, he's terrible. Fuck him. He's going to hell. Like, and I, I come, I sometimes wonder, like, you know, the Bills are like, they're supposed to be this upper echelon team right now, where it's like, why, why are people just constantly just taking dumps on the Dolphins? Like, sh- shouldn't we be, like, looking at their things? Like, like, I just remember, like, during the draw, like, did the Patriots fans really make fun of the Bills fans and coming into anyone's tweets and being like, Oh, you guys are losers. Uh, I don't think the Patriots gave a shit. Their fans care, cared about them. They cared about the Colts. They cared about, like, you know, the Steelers. Teams that they were going against. And they were going to, like, get in their head and talk about. And instead, I feel like we're just we're just dumping on really on teams that we feel are inferior. Instead of we should be we, – we should be starting wars with the Chiefs fans. Starting wars with, like, the, the Ravens fans. Like, those, those are the type of fans we need to go to war with. Like, I agree. It's tradition because it's Miami. I mean, the Knicks ah, fans. No, 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 no. Those fans, don't talk to me about Miami Bills tradition. Like, those, that's, that's, if you're 30 and under, you don't get that tradition. Come on. Sorry. Well, we are, th- we're over we, 30. So, so we do no, get under it. 30. Well, like 35, maybe. Like, you'd have to be in the night. The Miami Bills rivalry has been dead for like 20 years. I think, mm. I think it's just, it has been, dude. Come on. No one, you and me, like, remember it, but like, if you're if you're Nate Geary's age, you don't fucking remember Marino versus Kelly. Regardless, I, I, regardless, it's all Nate Geary, it's all Nate Geary's fault. That's why people, that's why people hate Miami, and they cannot shut up about like taking right. a dump on them all the Bills, time. Bills fans hate Miami because of our, of of our good of friend Nate Geary, <laughs> Sal Capaccio, and Jeremy White. People hate the Patriots because of them too, because they. They obsess over shitting on their fans. And there's some fans who just... I kid about that one, but anyway. There's some fans who just hate them because they're in our division. But anyway, my point that I was making there was... um, I'll say this too. Before I get to the next tweet, I'll go back to the the one from David. The Jets 9-8. and and If I'm a New York Jets fan, my goal for the season... Like the Bills right now, we just talked about it. It's Super Bowl or bust as far as I'm concerned. You don't get to the Super Bowl, this season's a a failure to me. If I'm a New York Jets fan, 9-8... and that's my goal. If I have a winning seat, if I have a nine and eight record and a winning season this year, I think that's a good year for the New York Jets. Miami four and thirteen. My point was this: that's just ridiculous. All right, they're, they're, so many bad things would have to happen for them to go to four thirteen. I almost feel like that's not even a bold take. That's just a Bills fan hating on Miami. Let me continue. By the way, Moff forty three M A F four three five nine. Here's his tweet: Tua gets benched second half of the season. Zach Wilson takes next step. Jets extremely competitive. No periods here. <laughs> Our boy MAF. Uh, Mac Jones takes a step back due to lack of coaching. OJ Howard is a red zone stud. Ed Oliver gets biggest benefit of having Von Miller around. A lot to unpack here. I agree about Ed Oliver, by the way. We saw Aaron Donald's, well, he already was the best defensive tackle in the NFL, but Von Miller's arrival in the Rams really helped him as well. Um, we, we talked a little bit about OJ Howard. Last week, red zone stud might be pushing a little more, but 
Again, I don't compare him to Knox or great tight ends. I compare him to Tommy Sweeney, who was the Bills' second tight end last year. So that's a big upgrade. Uh, we might talk about Matt Jones a little bit. Zach Wilson, if the Jets, we just said, or I at least said, their goal should be to be a 500 team this year, that's pending on Zach Wilson because I think the Jets got a lot of good young talent, but Zach Wilson needs to be better. Tua getting benched in the second half of the season, it just, you know, this tweet aside and this podcast episode aside, this whole offseason, it just blows my mind how much Bills fans think Tua stinks. And I'm not there yet. I'm not impressed with him, but I'm not. if I'm a Dolphins fan, I'm not ready to give up on him. And he's got weapons galore now. Jalen yeah. Waddle, Jalen Waddle, Mike Gusecki, uh Tyreek Hill. He's got good running backs. I'll chase Edmonds if you catch the ball. There's a lot of weapons. For Tua, this whole and plus, yeah. probably, and, and not to mention a, a head coach Mike McDaniel now, who's offensive minded as opposed to Brian Flores. I'm, I hate to say it, you know, sorry, Bills fans, but I think Tua is much better than a lot of you guys think he is. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's reasons as to why Tua has at times struggled. They've gone through different offensive coordinators. They've had different like schemes. But they they're doing everything they can to get him a lot of weapons, and like these are some key weapons for him, you know. And I and I, I for me, and I think I can't get past the fact that Tua isn't like a guy who like was I don't know how could I say this like he came in like like out of nowhere like a little bit like Josh Allen kind of did like Josh Allen kind of came out of nowhere where he when he got drafted high like no one really had him I think being a high pick like before the college football season started. Then he kind of progressed tools, all that sort of stuff. I, she was a guy who, like, I felt was like in college. It was like a two-year span of everyone knew he was going in the top ten, and it was like the suck for Tua. Like, yeah, there was like, there was tanking for him. Teams were talking about tanking. Yeah, and then were. like he got yeah, and then he he got injured and like had a really bad injury. And I think his first year they kind of kept going back to with fits in him and and etc. But like. They put a lot of weapons with him. I just don't think he's as uh, yeah. I don't think he's as garbage as like as as you, as your boy Nate Geary wants to indicate. It's unfair to call him garbage control. now. That's my whole point, and I'm, yeah. I know you agree with this too. It's not fair to say that he's garbage yet. He deserves this year. If he doesn't improve, if he don't look much better this year with these weapons and a new head coach and more talent around him, then you got a problem. If you're Miami, and then you better go out. You better get yourself a guy because you're. Surrounding a bunch sure. of weapons around a quarterback who can't get it done. All bills all day to the point, says Teddy Bridgewater, starting by week six. Again, saying that Tua will get benched. I will say this. So I shouldn't shit on these tweets because let's – Tua is not Josh you Allen. You Tua, yeah, go ahead. Miami's not married. Mike McDaniel's not married to Tua. So for whatever reason, he does play like shit early on. They do got a veteran like Teddy Bridgewater. This isn't an insane tweet. You know what I'm saying? I don't buy it. I don't think it happens, but I don't think this is insane either. You know what I'm saying? It's they're not married. I, I'm higher on Tua than a lot of Bills fans are, certainly, but they're not married to him either. It's not like he's not Josh Allen. He's not going to get three, four years, whether he's great or whether he stinks. You know what I'm saying? If, if I don't think they're going to bench him because I think if the, the coach was like in his third year and make it or break it kind of year, then yeah, if he struggled, I could see him being benched. But this being. My apologies, I forgot the coach's name, but like Mike McDaniel, thank you. Uh, it being his first season, I think he's gonna ride two into the ground and at the end of this season and be like, All right, fuck it. If he's I terrible, agree, I, I week then, six, that's it, yeah. Sort of now, uh, to be fair, he didn't say to all bills all day, didn't say Tua was gonna get benched. He said sure. Bridgewater starting. I mean, that could mean injury, and Tua has been injury prone, so right. if you look at the tweet from that aspect. It's not that outlandish. But anyway, I'm going to take a real quick break. I'm going to come back. And on the other side, we got plenty more of your Buffalo Bills and NFL hot takes to get to. Be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, I am back with Joe at Buffalo Wins on Twitter. Let's continue and get some more of these tweets in here before we get out of here. Bill S says uh, at Crazy Bill on Twitter, Patriots finished last in the AFC. They're going to intentionally tank. I included this tweet because, I mean, we've already talked about the Patriots finishing last. I, I said that literally the my tweet to kick this whole exercise off was I think the Patriots are going to finish last. You don't agree with that, which is fine because, again, it's – it's not likely to happen. I just think it could. Where well, I don't agree with all, they're going to intentionally tank. I mean, there's a difference, again, between having a bold prediction and just being flat out wrong. This is just wrong. The Patriots ain't going to tank. What, why would they take? They got a head coach who's near the end of his career and Bill Belichick. He's not going to spend a season tanking. They don't have a lot of good young players. Their quarterback's only in year two, Matt Jones. So what are they going to take for what? I don't get that at all. There's, there's no reason. I yeah, think they, you, I think we, they might yeah, stink. I don't. I don't see them tanking. I could see some teams like I think to an extent the Jaguars, some of these other teams over the last few years have tanked to some extent. The Lions, the Patriots ain't gonna tank. That's 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 ridiculous, man. No, it's not happening. Sorry. Yeah. If they didn't have a quarterback like a, a high high draft pick, then maybe right, right, yeah. Out. If Teddy Bridgewater was their quarterback this year, I'd be like, all right, yeah, they're gonna take. You know what I'm saying? If Casey Keenan was their quarterback this year, I would say they're gonna take. All right, Connor Manley at Connor Manley 202. He tweets, this is interesting, Bills. Cody Ford gets fixed slash re-enters the lineup. NFL, the Jets go 500, 89. We've already discussed the Jets a couple times. Cody Ford, not going to start because they got Roger Saffold and they got Rick Bates, Ryan Bates. Um, some people don't think he's going to make the roster. Raise your hand, me, <laughs> as of right now anyway. But you, you do bring in a new uh, O-line coach with Cromer maybe he could do something with Cody Ford. I like that. This is a, it's a nice bold prediction. He re-enters the line. Yeah. Hey, it's possible. Poss look, it's, it's possible. Like, look, I, I, I'm not one thing you and I, like we were talking about this off air a, a week ago during one of our million arguments, but like, <laughs> I am not, I am not sold on the bills offensive line. And I, and I think they still to this day do not know what the hell they have. And I, I do I could see Cody Ford doing this because I do like Aaron Cromer. He knows how to coach offensive linemen. We saw him in Buffalo. He made he made John Miller look pretty damn good when John Miller was nothing, and then he became nothing after he left. He did he did pretty well with that offensive line from uh, like the Rex Ryan days, basically. Like, and I could see I could see him maybe doing something with with Ford. It'd be uh, nice. Overall, yeah, it'd be nice. But overall, I think. This I would love if I was not lazy. Uh, I would look into like how many line combinations the Bills have had since 2019. It has to be in the 20s at this point. 
They have cut guys that they've re-signed, like Quentin Spain. They've, like, benched guys. They've, like, traded. They've done so many different line combos. Like, last year, you know, I know they hit lightning in a bottle, and I use that term loosely over the last month of the season when they, like, threw Ryan Bates in. And I forgot. I don't even know what combination they used. It worked. Like, I'll, I'll give them credit for that. But it's such a small body of work where you forget like the first 12 weeks of the season you and i when we were on this podcast we were complaining that the offensive line was terrible and josh allen was running for his life and he was almost going to die and then like you know they 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 found a different turn they found some different personnel i don't know like I, i'm i'm skeptical about that so i could totally see cody ford coming in and like taking over for ryan bates maybe like i don't know what happens again no one thought quentin spain was going to get cut after three games in 2020 you know what I mean? And, and like, no one thought Cody Ford was going to lose his job to John Feliciano. Like, I, I guess the bottom line is this. Like, you never know what is up with the Bills' offensive line. And anything could freaking happen. I don't think anyone at the start of 2021 had this, the line combination being what it was when it ended. I agree, so, with, I agree with that. I don't think he's yeah. going to start the year. I don't think he's got any real uh, – short of injury, I don't think he's going to start the year as a starter because Roger Staffold is starting at left guard. And they did not match a, a big offer from Minnesota for Bates for Bates to not start. So, but who knows? Again, injuries happen, inconsistent play to your point. Um, it was a injuries were a problem last year. I mean, Feliciano, Ike Bakker, um, Spencer Brown had COVID, Deion Dawkins had COVID twice. So, I mean, he should he will get an opportunity at some point. I guess the point in the tweet is the most important part is forget about him entering the lineup, whether it's a starter or backup. It's him getting fixed. If, if Cromer can fix him, that would be a, a big win for the Bills. All right, uh, let's keep this going here. Just in case, Jay um, at Jameson Cull says, McKenzie has seven touchdowns this year between the air and the ground. I looked it up. Isaiah McKenzie has 10 total touchdowns during his Bills career, parts of four seasons combined. Ten. Seven is a very, uh, that's a very ambitious number for a guy who, I don't see a, a big time path to him getting a lot of uh, playing. Time. It depends. I mean, when he get, when he's on the field, he's good. I mean, he was great in that that Patriots game. If he's on the field, I, I mean, I think that's doable. Yeah, if he's on the field, I think he'll have, again, some, he'll have some weeks where he's going to get. He'll be uh, in the game plan. And I think he's going to be I some think, weeks where he's not though. Maybe I think overall the Bills wide receiving core it's very interesting because there's a lot of youth. There's a little bit of youth there. And I think there's a little bit of like you know you know it's going to be Gabe Davis you know it's going to be Diggs and Crowder is in there but then like if they do a lot of four or five wide receiver sets which they could do you know they've done it in the past or maybe they do they have a lot of options one of those guys could take off who you like you don't know because again they 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 got rid of Cole they got rid of Emmanuel Sanders and they only brought in really one veteran into that fold and the rest are all kind of young guys so. Let me say this. I, I like Isaiah. I, I'm not going to lie. I think when he, he impressed me in that Patriots game. But again, you need a bigger body of work probably before you start saying he's going to get seven touchdowns. In a, let a let season, me say this. But. Let's go back to our first uh, episode, our episode last week. I don't remember who it was, but somebody said Jameson Crowder could be a surprise cut. I'm not saying he will be a surprise cut, but I would not be floored if Isaiah McKenzie ended up being a surprise cut because you got your two receivers, you got Jamison Crowder, you got uh, Shakir, the rookie. Those four are locked in. Trust me, those guys are locked in, and, um, unless injury happens, of course. Kumaro might make this team on special teams. He's a good special teams player. I think it could come down to Isaiah McKenzie versus Marquez Stevenson. Now, Stevenson would be the more likely guy to get cut, but Stevenson has, a, you know, they both have special teams value. Kumaro has a lot of special teams value. I'm not saying McKenzie's going to get cut, so I don't want that to be twisted. I'm just saying, if you want to, if you were to put me on a spot, it's just fresh in my mind right now where you said, name me a player or veteran that would be like, oh, this guy got cut. I would say Isaiah McKenzie's on my list. That's, that's just throwing it out there, man. Anyway, that's let's, that's, that's yeah. possible. I mean, if you wanted me to predict like what veteran surprise cut, yeah, it's possible for Isaiah McKenzie, you know, yeah. in terms of that. Or or Zach Moss. I guess that's the other guy maybe gets sure. cut. I don't know. Yeah, Zach Moss. They, definitely. They, they have four running backs in that room right now. Yeah. So. If Duke Johnson beats him out, I can totally see it happening. Um, CNY's favorite tweeter, at Fracking Sabres. Oh, it's Fracking Sabres. He's a good guy. I like him. Yeah, First, he's a good, good dude, man. Twitter guy. Yeah, Second I like one, him. Actually. 
Here's his take. He says Tyler Bass going to break his own point record with 160 points this season. Again, me being the math genius that I am, I I did the math. And uh, for Bass to break his own record, he would have to average 9.41 points per game. And again, we got, well, he did it last year in 17 games as well. I was going to say most of these records that we talk about, it does matter that this team has an extra game now, not this record because he said it just last year. But 9.4 points per game. The only reason why I think he might not make that is because I don't know that the Bills are going to settle for all that many field goals. Let's just say he gets one field goal a game. That's three points. You know, they're going to score a couple touchdowns a game. He'd have to average two field goals and three touchdowns a game at least to get to 9.4 points. That, that's a lot. I don't think I'm going to say. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't think he will because I, I'm going back. I'm going back to this. I think there's going to be a lot more shootouts this year. And when you were in shootouts, you're not kicking field goals. You're, kicking, you're going for for touchdowns, yep. etc. Yep. So I'm going to say no. No. All right. I agree. All right. Bills, Jermaine Edmonds will prove everyone uh, wrong. NFL Chiefs will miss the playoffs. All right. I'm going to Matt Henry, by the way, at Matt Henry 92, put this out there. Again, I really, there's nothing to discuss here. We've already talked about the Chiefs and Tremaine Edmonds to me is not bold one way or the other because again, half the people already think he's great and the other half the people think he's going to be overrated uh, no matter what he does. So let's move on. Interesting tweet though. He'll prove everyone wrong. He'll prove half the people wrong one way or the other for sure. Uh, Chris and Parts at Knees Ma. Groot, 10 or more sacks. I think I got another one here too. We're going to continue that going. Giant L, he's at, at not Amish Liam, um, the NFL Giants win a playoff game. Come on, man. And then the Bills, continuing with Groot. Groot will have over 12 sacks. So um, Ian says that Groot's going to have 12, and Chris and Parts says he's going to have 10. Um, Groot had five last year, by the way. I looked it up. Um, only Bills, the only Bills, someone else, and I don't even have it up there, someone also said he was going to have 14 sacks. The only Bills in the history of the franchise that have had more than 14 sacks, Bruce Smith, 19 in 1990, uh, Bryce Pop, 17 and a half in 95, Bruce with 15 and 86, and Mario Addison with 14 and a half in 2014. You're talking exclusive company. I think Groot is going to be better in year two, especially with Hughes and Addison, both gone, and Vaughn Miller maybe not playing all that much early in the season, but... Double-digit sacks is, is a lot to ask for. 12 sacks, definitely for sure. It's bold. I'll give these guys that. It's a bold one. How accurate when or was, realistic? I don't know. What do you think? When was the last time a Bills player had over 10 sacks? Uh, I'll, I'll answer that for you. I'll I answer know. that for you. Am yeah. I right? I, I'm going to guess because I just thought of this question. L- L- Lorenzo Alexander in like Rex's last year. Was that the last time someone had over 10 sacks? Uh, you know what? I What'd don't you have? know. I, I don't I don't have it in front of me, so I can't tell you what defensive ends. I could tell you the last time, but it, it's related to another tweet. It's Kyle Williams, and, and I'll talk about that. He had 10 and a half in back in 2013. And Marcel Darius had 10. Yeah, the, yeah, Mario Williams definitely had in 2014, everyone had over 10 sacks almost. But like the last time Lorenzo Alexander was the last Bills player I can remember who had, I think, I think he had 10 sacks right. Rex in his last it, year. But it Groot, has been Groot in year two. That, it's a lot for Groot. I mean, that's a lot now, to ask. I, I don't, I don't, I think, I think there's a lot of people. I hate saying a lot of people because it sounds, I hate exaggerating or throwing a generic statement, but this ain't fucking 90, this ain't 1995, man. When like people were getting a lot of sacks and all this sort of stuff, like I don't, they would be lucky. There's no one. I will say there's not going to be a guy who has over 10 sacks on this team. It's just not going to happen. Sacks just don't happen as much. It's just it's just a it's a league that is designed to get the ball out pretty damn fast. You'd have to go against a really bad quarterback. I say a bad quarterback, a guy who takes a lot of sacks. Like maybe Tan Tannehill takes a lot of sacks. Tua takes sacks. So maybe like that's like how you can you can kind of finagle it. But like, yeah, I don't. I can't. I can't see. I I. I will, this is a semi bold prediction by me. There will not be a bill that has more than 10 sacks this year. All right. I don't, well, there's not. That, that's a coin flip. It could happen. It, it, it's, Why could it, it, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be crazy to me one way or the other. I just don't think it's going to be Groot. I think if someone gets a 10 sacks, I don't think it's going to be Groot. Um, who do you think it's going to be? Uh, who do you think I think it's going to be? <laughs> Tim Rudge. At Tim Rudge 90, uh, his take is Rizzo will have more sacks than Vaughn Miller in the regular season. And then he says 
NFL take, the Eagles will win the NFC East. Relatively bold take. I, I also think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win the NFC East. Rizzo having more sacks than Von Miller in the regular season. On paper, that's certainly bold. For sure. I think. Uh, Dude, you're talking about Von, you're not talking about Mario Addison. We're talking about Von Miller, right? And I get it. He's older. People he's still people Von Miller. To, real quick, people have to understand, like this defensive line, which hasn't, like I said, has not I know they got some new blood in there. Yeah, they a lot of a, new blood in there. Uh, not a new blood, but they do a big rotation. It's almost impossible. Like, if you're playing 60% of the snaps a game, it's going to be very hard for you to get 10 sacks in a season. I agree with right? that. Am I wrong? Like, yeah, I, if you're not I agree with that. Is Sean McDermott, yeah, is Sean McDermott going to finally change his philosophy? He's going to have to. You got Von, Von Miller's not going to play 50, 60%. He might early in the season. Von Miller ain't playing 55% of the snaps late in the season. There's no freaking way that's happening. That's going to be a big talking point on Mondays when, when like when media and people tweet out the snap count, which you can get a pro football reference and people see that if Von Miller is playing less than 70% of snaps, I think you're going to have an outcry on, on Twitter. If the bills defense is kind of struggling a little bit. Agreed. And Ed Oliver, Ed Oliver should be playing a lot more than 50, 55% of the snaps as well. All right. This might be a bot boogie at a bunch of shitload of numbers here. He says, this boogie, is a bug. boogie, boogie tweets, boogie basher leads the bills in sacks. All right. Ne ne next, please. <laughs> I, I, yo, There's gonna, AJ Epinesa. Is AJ going to be on this list? I think boogie basher. Shaq Lawson's going to do it. I think, I think boogie basher will be the third defensive end though. I will, I will say that. Why are you putting this Von Miller sets a sat record? Oh, be, come on, dude. Because well, for, for the people listening who aren't on YouTube, Joe, let me read it. Don Tolano. Um, at Don underscore Taliano, his bold prediction okay, is Paisan Von Miller sets the here. sack record. There's, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, Paisan, you're wrong on there. Okay. Yeah, he's not, yeah, all right, he's, he's not <laughs> 23 sacks would be uh, you need, you need to like change your quality filter on Twitter with these replies there, buddy. Well, well uh, listen, these are fans' I'm opinions, kidding. man. The I'm bold joking. predictions, bold I'm predictions, joking. yeah, no. bold crack predictions. Go if ahead, we yeah. said, if we said. Give me realistic stuff, and you told me that I'd be like, "You're crazy." But we asked for bold mm -hmm. shit. That's what we get, Frank. You should have just asked me for bold takes. Okay, go at ahead. Frank uh, Lukovic. Good luck pronouncing this. Okay, go ahead. Good Bills. Job. Von Miller gets five sacks or less. Um, NFL Lions make the playoffs. I'll repeat what I said last week. Um, Joe Yurden would be very happy to see the Detroit Lions make the playoffs. Which, by the way, I think the Detroit Lions are going to be an improved football team. They might make a little bit of a push. Maybe. Uh, Von Miller getting five or less sacks. Um, I, I would say that's bold. I, I wouldn't say it's outweighed. What would you say? Let me ask you this. What's more realistic? He gets over 10 sacks or he gets five or less sacks? I think he's going to get somewhere in the middle, closer to 10, though. I could see him getting eight okay. or nine sacks because I think he's not going to play that much. And I think it's going to take him a little bit of time to get acclimated. And I think he's going to, a lot of teams are going to pay a lot more attention to him which I think is going to open stuff up for other guys. Um, yeah, I, look, you're not going to get Devon Miller of 2018, but he's still a very, very good football player. And I watched a lot of Rams football last year. He's a difference maker. He is a difference maker. There's no question about it. But five sacks or less, hey, it's bold. Give him that. Good job, Frank. Uh, Justin, hashtag go halves go. Here we go again with this James Cook. People came up consistently with number with him. James Cook ends the year with 500-plus receiving yards. 500 receiving yards seems to be the number with fans in him. Singletary goes for 1,250 <laughs> rushing yards. Josh Allen throws for 50 touchdowns, plus 5,500-plus 5, passing yards. Hot, yo, it's just according to this guy, all right? Forget about James Cook because that would be part of Allen. According to uh, Justin here, that's – 6,750 yards just between Josh's arm and Singletary's legs right there alone. That's really ambitious, man. Yeah, it seems a little in intense. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> maybe if the Bills added, like, if the Bills added Allen Robinson, maybe I could say, like, yeah, sure. Like The one thing, the one thing but... I think that you and I kind of differ with a little bit is 1,250, I think, is much. But I, I said this last week. I could see Devin Singletary, if he stays healthy, I could see him running for a thousand yards this year. I could see him being a thousand yard running back. Why? 
Why do you think that? Because I think they're going to run the football effectively. I think they're going to run it not, not okay. necessarily more, but more well, effectively. Well, why do you think they're going to run it? I, I, okay, look. Maybe because you got look, more guys. Old- you got you to gotta have lighter boxes, man. You got good receivers. You got but two good tight ends. But, 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 Pat, why couldn't you run it last year? You had good offensive weapons last year. What is, do you think Stafford or whatever the fuck his name is from Tennessee? Well, you said you said a, it yourself. The offensive line was poorly played poorly last for a good chunk But the of offensive line, but it wasn't. I don't know. I, I I think I thought the offensive line in the second half was better and not the second half, but the last month of the season better in pass protection. But I'm not. I'm not thinking they they opened up all these damn holes that we're gonna have a thousand yard rush. A thousand yards. Wanna, I, by the way, a thousand yards over seventeen games is not really that many yards. Just saying, it's like yeah, 60 but I don't some yards they, a game. But, but You're telling me Devin Singletary can't average 60 some yards a game on the ground? No, no, because yeah. I don't think this team is going to. I am hoping they. I don't want them to rush the football. I want them to throw. What do you want them to do and what's going to happen aren't always one well, in the state. I'm just saying, like, why do you think they're going to all of a sudden. Do you think Ken Dorsey is all of a sudden going to be like, oh, man, we got to run the football? I do. Now I think Sean McDermott wants them to run the football more. Yes. Well, he's yes, an I asshole do. for doing that, yep. if that's the case. At and Roscoe, Roscoe Baum, at Roscoe Baum, Roscoe Davis. He's got a couple tweets here. Uh, Kyrie Lem, rookie of the year with five plus interceptions. Uh, the Ravens are the only team from the North that make the playoffs. And he also says for only the second time in his career, Tom Brady does not make double digit starts. All right. So he's projected in bold predictions here. Tom Brady's going to get hurt. Um, he's basically saying that the Cincinnati Bengals are not going to make the playoffs because he's saying the Ravens are the only team from the North and Kyrie Lem, rookie of the year with five interceptions. I'll say this, I think Kyrie Elam's going to get an opportunity to be rookie of the year because I think he's going to start, and I think teams are going to go after him. So how do you get interceptions by going after guys? Yeah, and and then you're in a shootout too. Like if you're in shootouts, the the opposition's going to throw a lot more. I can see that happening. That's not bad. That's not bad because he's definitely going to be – you know, I mean, the, the bill it's not like the Bills are going to only have four defensive backs on the field. They're going to have five, four or five because all these teams freaking pass all the time. Sure. So sure. he'll get, he'll be on the field a lot. That, that's possible. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, Tom Brady getting hurt is a really big. Uh, that's no, a I projection. Don't I don't really care for I'm not going to go there. I don't want to project people uh, getting hurt. And by the way, not pictured on the screen if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, But I saw a tweet that I had to add. It's from Ryan Ike. He said, Dane Jackson outperforms Kyer. And holds the starting spot when Trey comes back. That's a pretty, I don't know how bold that is, but he is the incumbent. That's pretty interesting. I mean, a lot of people, some people like Dane Jackson, and maybe Elam doesn't start at all his rookie year. It's certainly possible. Anyway, I just thought that would be worth I think, uh, he, I think he, yeah, I think he's, he's playing a lot. I don't think I, they didn't, they didn't I, just trapped him to sit there and, and hold no, the game. No, but I, I could, I could see Elam. Not being you talk about some of these rookies not getting rushed in the lineup. If Trey White is back now, if Trey White's not back early in the year, then there's no no brainer. It's Dane Jackson and Elam. But if if Trey's back, I could see Elam being brought along. I could if Levi Wallace was still there, I could see that maybe. But with him gone and then not really signing another cornerback, I think he's playing. At Luke the average, (laughs) Luke the average. I like that name. Luke Rapport. He tweets not the sexiest bold take. But the Bills defense dials back that nickel defense from 90% of snaps in each of the last three years to just below 80%. Still a high number, but I think they took Bernard. He's talking about Terrell Bernard, uh, the linebacker they drafted in the third round. Much more of the Milano mold to add more versatility that allows uh, more base defense. Look, I don't want to pretend and get into film study and stuff like that and schemes that I don't have any idea. I will say I put this tweet up there because it makes sense. Uh, it, it, it could be a reason why they drafted a linebacker in the third round so that they could play a little bit more base defense with a guy who's a b- better blitzer than A.J. Klein was and who could cover better out of the backfield, but he's got more size than Teron Johnson, who's always on the field when they're in their standard nickel. I, I mean, I really don't got much to add. I think it's a good tweet. It was interesting anyway. Yeah? Uh, I think they're still going to have a lot more cornerbacks on the field than they are going to have linebackers. Yeah, he, I don't know. He, I don't know much about Bernard. I mean, I you know I don't pay too much attention to the draft, but I feel like he's there for special teams. And then if if Tremaine Edmonds leaves next year, they try to put him in there. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll see. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. At least it gives him an option to maybe play a little bit of a bigger base defense as opposed to having to be in a nickel all the time. They had to do something to replace AJ Klein too. 
Thomas Murphy at Murphy TV. Last couple here, by the way. Uh, Bills, Ed Oliver, 10 plus sacks, who will lead the team. NFL, Texas win AFC South with a 9 and 8 record. That might be as bold of a prediction as anything I've seen. If there's a team that's got, I don't want to say tank, but let's not be good this year so we can get the top quarterback next year in a quarterback heavy class. It's the Houston, Texas. They got some young players, but this team stinks. Winning the division with a 9-8 and eight record, no shot. Ed Oliver, 10-plus sacks. I love Ed Oliver. I thought he became a stud last year. I think he's one of the best players on this football team. He might be the best player on this football team whose name's not Josh Allen, by the way. But anyway, 10-plus sacks. His career high is only five. And I talked about this earlier. The only Bills defensive tackles to have 10 sacks or more in a season Kyle Williams, 10 and a half back in 2013. And then Marcel Darius at 10 in 2014. I'll give Thomas credit. That, that's bold at Oliver. 10 sacks is bold without being ridiculous. The Texas is ridiculous, but at Oliver, I don't think that's ridiculous. Von Miller, again, I think the Von Miller effect is going to help him. He's going to get a lot more single blocking. So. Yeah, he will. I mean, I, I just don't know about this 10 sacks, man. Like I said, like. Sacks just don't come don't come out as much as they used to, and especially if you're playing really good offenses. And I think they're playing really good offenses this year. But hey, you know, if they get some pressures and great, you know, obviously that would be that they, they can lead to turnovers. But the reason why I agree with you, only reason why I agree with you is I don't necessarily buy the sacks don't come. Lots of players around the league have ten or more sacks. Where I agree with you is Sean McDermott's philosophy towards constantly rotating. I think not getting enough snaps to get to double digit sacks is a bigger factor than anything else with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, it's I mean, and I think and I think this is gonna be the year where there will be more questions about that because I think there is a tier of guys we know. I think like from twenty, let's just say eighteen to twenty twenty, it was kind of this weird combination of you really they did that rotation, but you weren't there wasn't a perfect person for you to stand for. Like, oh man, they should be playing Shaq Lawson way more, t- made more snaps, or Jordan Phillips way more. They, it, it kind of made sense for them to do kind of that whole like collection, whatever defensive defensive lineman by committee. Now it's not because you have Von Miller there, you have you have Ed Oliver there. Like those are guys who should play seventy to eighty percent of the snaps. I agree. Like, you and- can't. You can't make a case that they shouldn't be. And, and, Rousseau, and Greg Rizzo, too. Same deal with him. He's yeah. a first-round pick. When you're drafting defensive linemen as high as they have been doing, you kind of are like, hey, why?" you, you, you kind of pick your favorites a little bit with, like, why isn't this guy playing more? It's one thing when you have, like, a guy, like, you have Starla Tule and you have, like, age, you know, other guys who kind of are just there. Like, you're like, ah, like are you going to really pound the pavement for – for like these guys to play, but when you have stars and guys who are high draft picks, that's when you start questioning, like, why is this guy not playing enough? Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do with this rotation now, because there's I, more talent there. It feels like than before. There's more top heavy talent now than before. So yeah, I agree. I think one of the the points to to look for this year is I think is Sean McDermott going to dial back a little bit this even rotation, keep everybody fresh, and play your best players more than 50, 55 percent because he's got two or three guys he should. All right, last few here. Um, John Smythe says um, his Bills take is Matt Hawk makes the roster. His NFL take is the Broncos miss the playoffs. Broncos missing the playoffs. I would call that a lukewarm hot take because, again, they're really good, and they got Russ Wilson, and they had a lot of talent. They just sucked at quarterback. So they're very much in the mix, but at the same token, loaded AFC, loaded AFC West. They could easily finish third or even fourth in their division and miss the playoffs. So I say that's lukewarm. Matt Hawk making the roster. I don't think this is quite as outlandish as everyone thinks. Look, punt God, Matt Arazia was drafted in the sixth round. He is not a lock to make this team. And the reason why is the guy's got, he could kick the ball for miles, but he has to be able to hold. Holding is big. And we learned that last year. That's why they did not cut Matt Hawk because he's an excellent holder. Tyler Bass loves him. So, um, the punt guy has to be able to learn how to hold the ball. And he's never had to in college because he also kicked the ball. So he's going to have to learn how to hold. And he's also struggled some with accuracy with punting. And he kicks the shit out of the ball, but he out kicks his coverage. Anyway, my point is this. I mean, we're sp- Jesus Christ, I'm already spending too much time talking about a fucking punter. But 
Matt Hawk making the roster, unlikely, but not that crazy to me. The only thing I'll say about learning how to hold is this. From my experience, not holding the football, but from watching the Bills, there are two guys that come to mind who ended up holding the football, who ended up doing holds, like middle of their career when they never did it before. And I don't know if you remember this, but like Steve Tasker did the last three years of his career when Frank White used Frank White used to be the holder, and then they had him do it, and he was fine. Like I don't remember anything like he missed a snap. And then Chris Moore when. Tasker left, Chris Moore came in, and he became the holder. I have no idea if those two guys did it at a different level, like college or anything like that, but they did not do it in the pros. Right. So I, well, I, I say that in a – maybe it's not that difficult for, for punk God to figure out how to hold. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm not a holding expert well, over here. Well, I'll say this, Joe. It, it does matter in this organization. Corey Bohark has had great punting stats, but he couldn't hold for shit. And that's a bit, and this reason he's bounced around three or four teams in the last two years because he's a lousy holder. Every team in the NFL wants their punter to be the holder because you don't carry three quarterbacks on game day. And you know what? If your backup quarterback plays and gets hurt, now you don't have a holder anymore. So makes sense. Anyway, again, too much time on a punter. Speaking of Buffalo uh-huh. Bills recap at Go Bills recap, the Bills set the record for fewest punts in a season. That's fun. Fun tweet. Okay. Sure. Why not? Right. Hey, they like to go for it. Two more. Uh, Bills, Josh Allen wins regular season MVP and Super Bowl MVP. NFL, there will be six new teams uh, that make the playoffs this year that weren't in it last year. Um, All right, well, I mean, Josh Allen winning regular season MVP and and Super Bowl MVP, that's nice. It's fun. By the way, this was from... That'd be great. Add Crypto Nasty 75, by the way, is the one who sent this tweet. All right, Crypto, thank you. (laughs) It's a good tweet. Not much to add. Um, six new teams that make the playoffs. That's hard to envision. Well, who could it be? Who could, let, let, let's, just, let's just try this. We're we kind of did that team. already last week. But Yeah, right. well, people may not, not listen to it. So, but let's we did it into the a- NFC, though. So the new teams could be, I'm going to count this, the Browns, the Steelers, or not the Steelers, sorry, the Browns, the Ravens, the Seahawks, or not the Seahawks, the, the Broncos. You're losing and, it, dude. <laughs> and, sorry, and the Char- it's late. And the Chargers are like four teams in the, and, and sure. the AFC. Chargers, Who Broncos, the- Ravens, right off the bat, but, those are three good teams that are expected to make the playoffs. Who in the who in the NFC could make the playoffs who didn't make it last year? The Saints, for sure. Saints, really? I mean, yeah, I think the Saints, I I, Saints, Saints are good. Saints got a lot of talent. I mean, they got a good football team. Okay. Um, the Saints, for sure. Again, you, we laughed last year when you were thinking of some of these teams that would end up being good. Uh, the Vikings, I think the Vikings could be pretty good. Um, sure, maybe. Well, Arizona actually did make the playoffs last last uh, season. The NFC is kind of whack because I don't see like a team going like, "Oh my God, this team." There's no Seattle. Right. Or, excuse me. There's no Denver team there or a Cleveland team where it's like, "Oh yeah, this team's definitely going to shoot it up." And 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 to and get this to get the six new teams like. Uh, like crypto tweeted, four of them would have to probably come from the AFC. I could see that happening. Maybe two at the most or so uh, from the NFC. All right, last tweet here is from Old Man Harris at Old Man Harris One. Bold. <laughs> I thought this was fun. That's why I saved it for last. Bold. Bills complete the first perfect season in modern NFL. Uh, sure. McDerm- McDermott Duh. is coach of the year. <laughs> coach of the decade. He should. He should just be. Uh statue right there that you have Let a me statue t- of McDermott. You're going to give me a bold take to end this. I'm going to, this isn't a bold take because I truly mean this. All the stuff we've talked about between last week and this week with the Bills, all these good players and all these big numbers and all these victories, all this stuff about all these players. And if I'm concerned about one thing on this football team more than all else is Shaw McDermott. And I know fans are like, what? I'm telling you now, he was the right guy to bring in, uh, a character guy, a culture guy. He got this team right. But I still am hung up last year on him blowing it in Kansas City. He is the reason why the Bills did not go to the Super Bowl flat out. And the Bills did not win a close game last year. They lost every one-score game last year, literally. Sean McDermott has a lot. Sean McDermott has more to prove to me than anybody in this on this football team, and he's on the field on Sundays or Mondays or Thursdays because they play every other fucking primetime game this this year. 
Sean McDermott has more to prove to me than anything else. If there's something that could derail the Bills, minus injury, because on paper, they don't have no holes. Minus injury, if, if there's something that could derail the Bills this year, besides pressure, like we talked about last or earlier, um, Sean McDermott's got a lot to prove to me, man. Winning right now, games with coaching. Game sure, day. and I, I agree with that. If Sean McDermott didn't coach another game, he would be, to me, he would be Marty Schottenheimer. A guy who, like, can turn around a program, get yeah. you 10, 11 wins, He's but then some, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, he cannot get you to the next step. That that's me being if he stopped coaching today. Yes. And like that's that's what he would be. Agree. He'd be Marty Schottenheimer. Um I agree. But yeah, he's got a lot, he's got like there's so much pressure, man, like on the Bills. Like there I, I didn't think there could be more pressure than last year going into the season when it was like you're going off the Chiefs game and like, you know, they ran it back, and then this year is different because they've added they added Von Miller. Once they added Von Miller, it just took the it took the expectations up to like level ten. Yeah, you know, they went from being they went from being slight favorites to significant favorites, and that's because yeah. of the offense in the playoffs. I mean, we saw an offense that was literally unstoppable, and we saw a quarterback that was literally unstoppable in the playoffs. Then you go and you add Von Miller, and you didn't really lose anybody of significance. You lose Harrison Phillips, Levi sure. Wallace, and all due respect, so what? You know what I'm yeah, saying? No. I agree. I do wonder what they're going to do with that defensive tackle like situation because now Phillips and and Star are gone. Like I don't even know who they're going to like. Tim's. I, I like. I like guys Tim, they brought in. Tim Settle. I like Tim Sweat. I like Taquan Jones. I like what they've done at defensive tackle position. But yeah, to me, well, the, the pressure is on Sean McDermott. He has to prove to me that he can game day coach in clutch situations in big moments and and, and do the right thing. And we haven't seen that right. yet, folks. I'm sorry, but that's true. But anyway, you're going to have the final take. You did it last week. Do it again this week. Let's end this podcast. Give me your bold prediction. What do you got? Josh Allen will rush for more than 750 yards this year. And I will tell you why. And this is just completely, I'm pulling this out of my ass. But Ken Dorsey comes from the Carolina mold where he had Cam Newton back there. And what did Cam Newton do a lot of? He ran a lot. A lot of design runs. I feel that that's going to that's gonna happen with Josh Allen. He's going to have over 750 yards rushing. That is my bold prediction. I predict a lot of people hope you're wrong because that means he's going to get hit a lot more. But it makes sense. It makes sense. I'm not sure. Yeah, it'll be like 200 yards more than what he's had, I think, in his career. I could be wrong over like each year, but maybe, maybe I'll, look, I'll Google it afterwards. I came off the top of my head. It'll be like, oh, yeah, he had 650 last year. And I'll be like, what the hell am I thinking? But I, I do think he's going to set – he's going to – he's you know what? The hell with this. I'm going to double down. He will lead the team in rushing this year. Josh Allen leads the team in rushing. All right, well, then yes, I guess – Josh Allen's going to lead the team in rushing. There no. you go. I guess, I guess my Devin he's Singletary runs for 1,000 yards ain't happening. So. <laughs> no, he's he, – Devin Singletary's going to get cut. No, I'm just kidding. He's not. But uh, <laughs> that's my goal prediction. Josh Allen leads the team in rushing. All right, I like it, man. Thank you, everybody, again, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for watching. I'll be back casual Friday. Joe Yerden. Talk to you guys soon. Take care. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.